0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast with your host Pop Buchanan. How are you guys doing out there today? I want to thank everyone that's here for the first time. We have a a big surge of activity um, with the podcast and that makes me very excited because it's my goal to spread the message of sobriety being very cool very dope and very exciting. And the purpose of this podcast, as you guys may know, is to spread um, awareness and to highlight the benefits of a sober life. And in doing so, we have we touch on many issues from mental health, motivation, um, positive thoughts, um, how to cope um, with life, and how to maintain our sobriety. with with a high quality lifestyle as the center focus. Um, December 15th, 2019 will make seven years and I'm so excited um, that I made it to this point and I remember day one, I took the biggest leap of faith and I chose myself and I surrendered my life to God as I know God and at that time i understood what the world meant when they said there was no atheist in the in a foxhole because i definitely was in the foxhole the foxhole of life and um <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen at that point it was almost automatic like i didn't I just knew that if I didn't make a decision there and then, I would die. I would be dead today and I would have been a fake memory. It would have been a distant memory. My family would have been totally destroyed and messed up. and They would have been sad. My poor mom and everyone that I love and that loves me. I mean, I come from great people and they love me. And addiction does not discriminate and is not fair because addiction hurts the people that we love. And if you're an addict out there and you're struggling and you're sad and you're depressed and you're messed up and you're in a dark place and you don't know what to do, you're in the right place because I would never even think about talking about this subject if I wasn't in the dark the darkness. I was in the gut in the darkness. I know that alcoholism and drugs are a dead end promise. And it is something very insidious and dark. And it, it takes everything out of you. I mean, your dignity, your self-respect, your, it hurts you psychologically, emotionally, physically. Uh, man, it just takes and takes and takes. And it promises you all of these things in your mind. It creates this weird backdoor consciousness of bullshit promises like happiness and freedom. And and it's just all a lie, man. And I know so many people can relate. And the reason why I needed to do this was because at that time, seven years ago, it was no outlets. I couldn't find a podcast. I didn't even know about it. It wasn't even podcasts, really podcasts were weren't big it wasn't a, that many people talking about sobriety on a broad scale. It was just like you would be you're you're an alcoholic and you hit rock bottom and then if you were lucky someone delivered you to alcoholic anonymous or or really tried to get you into a rehab It wasn't too many places where I could go. And really just binge on, you know Someone who went through the process Someone who been there Someone who could relate Someone who could tell me, yo, it's okay It's not It's not just, it's not you You have a disease, so let's start there You're not crazy You're not a psycho You're not a dirtbag Let's start there, it's okay This can be managed, we have a way out And, and I literally just felt Like I would do anything for that So when I got to a safe place in my sobriety Ladies and gentlemen I I really said you know what I'm so lucky to be alive today And I'm so healthy and I'm so full of life I can't even remember Like I I, I remember vividly how it felt But I'm so far removed just in 7 years That you know I'm just I'm a miracle. I feel like I'm a walking miracle. I am. I mean, you know, I'm alive and I'm whole and I went through the fire, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about I lost everything. I lost a career. I lost a house. I lost a girl. I lost my health. I almost lost my mind. Um, I definitely lost my self-respect and dignity because I was like messed up and the only thing i could do was continue to drink that's the only solace that i had you know what i'm saying i would get up and have to go right back to the liquor store and buy more liquor and i was already depleted months and almost a year before i was at rock bottom a year before i almost died so i was like i went way past rock bottom you know what i'm saying like when they talk about rock bottom i was like damn I, I, I was beyond rock bottom I was on my deathbed and it's and and it's not just about me ladies and gentlemen I know when I say I I I but I'm letting you know I I could definitely relate to the sacred thing of ours sobriety is sacred okay and why I wanted to do so for I say all of that to say this. If you're new and if you're a veteran of the Sober's Dope Podcast, I love you all. Thank you for being here. You know, the Sobers Dope Podcast is a raw, unscripted um approach to my idea of sobriety, what it means to me, my experience, and all the benefits that I have from my sobriety and my recovery. All I, I share that with you guys. And, um, it's so important, ladies and gentlemen and it means so much to me. I get up every day I come home from work i work I have like two or three businesses I have a full time job on top of that. I'm an artist, so I'm into music, so I have to create music and I have to juggle that, and then I do the podcast I'm working on other projects, and I help people, and I'm just you know then I just and I chill out and I relax and I try to take care of myself and I'm a regular guy, you know, who, you know, at some point in my life got lost. Some, At some point, I let the depression, the anger, the resentments of life take over, right? You know... Um, and because I was drinking, I, I I'm, I'm I believe very strongly that if you are sad and you're suffering from some form of a loss, whether the sub the, the person that you're in love with leaves you or break up with you, um, that's a major gateway into addiction because. You know, people tend to say, you know what, let's go out on a night around town, let's drink, you know, let's go do smoke some weed, let's go do some drugs, let's go on wine. But when you're really sad and depressed and you mix that with drugs and alcohol and you don't do the work to really heal yourself properly, it could kind of just funnel its way into... A major depressive disorder and extreme addiction. And for me, I think it was a combination between sadness, depression, anger, resentment, issues of bereavement and being pissed off at life and um, angry that I... Had to rely on this thing called alcohol to feel better and, and and really upset towards the tail end That I could not stop this vicious cycle It was like this thing that destroyed my life I need every day to feel normal So then it's this physical affliction I'm dealing with And that's the vicious cycle of addiction Okay the same thing that curses us, the same thing that breaks us is the same thing we need to feel normal and to feel okay. I used to get up and I, fi- I swear to God my nervous system would be so rattled that a penny could hit the floor and it feels like someone just shook my whole equilibrium up. Because my nervous system, someone would beep a car horn and I will have the shakes and I would be like off and I was smoking so much that my lungs was burnt and it was just, it was just unnecessary. Right, because if I never got into drinking Then I would have dealt with my anger, depression And whatever I was going through in a different way But because I was, you know, an artist and You know, and I'm not blaming this on my music and stuff. There's many factors, but I think that I grew up in a culture where it was normal to drink, smoke, and do music, and then, you know, go out on Fridays and party, and you know, go get a bottle when you're stressed out. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, for God's sake, I'm a hip hop artist. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I remember going to the studio. We'll have bottles and bottles and weed, and you know, we could get as drunk as we want and. When everyone went home and the next day the party was over, I kept partying. You know what I'm saying? I kept partying. And then when issues from my drinking created problems in my life and those problems started to compound and create more disharmony, disharmony and more problems, then I started blaming life for my problems and not pointing towards the addiction and the drinking. And then I would drink more. And then it was them against me and me against the world. And then I started to become kind of a rebel. And then I started to become a tyrant. And I think I started losing myself in people when my addiction became tyrannical. And and then the only person That really was left holding the bag of my own bullshit was me. And if you're out there and you at that point where you feel like you done screwed everything up so well, that is no coming back from you. You know, when you look in the mirror, you may not recognize yourself anymore anymore. You may be so far removed from normalcy that you just feel like you should just give up and die. And the only next best thing for you is death. Um, Because you're so broken. That's the reason why we're here. Because it's never too late to be transformed. I don't care if you have no more teeth, one eye, one foot. I don't care if the doctor told you, you're terminal and you have three days to live. You can be transformed. You do not give up on yourself. Do not write yourself off because I'm going to tell you something. The universe is not going to write you off. God will certainly never write you off. And believe it or not, you may feel like the whole world is against you, but I'm sure you have at least one person out there that loves you and wouldn't want to see you dead. And if you came to grips with your reality and was honest with yourself and started to take a little bit of accountability and seek and and, and try to seek some help, you will find support in the most fascinating places. Because, ladies and gentlemen, when I was on rock bottom and I went through this whole process, I was... I felt like the day when I decided to get my life together, I got on my knees in the middle of the streets and started praying to God. I started screaming out to God and praying. People thought I was crazy. I was crying. I was angry. I surrendered everything I had to God. I said that I will die today, so I have. I, I'm throwing a hell mary. Everyone wants to talk about this God. Everyone went, you know. And I grew up. A, I grew up a Catholic. I had a brother that's a Catholic priest. Um, I was an altar boy. I was the guy amongst all my friends who could teach you and talk about. God all day, you know, Pop Buchanan is a very spiritual person and I was probably the most spiritual and knowledge based in the esoteric and spiritual metaphysical realm, I was the most qualified in my circle and with all of that knowledge and all of that upbringing and all of that church and all of that God, I still was at rock bottom deep in my addiction with nothing. So I like to think that I developed some form of a God complex. Drinking made me feel mighty. I had all the answers. I was so smart and so ahead of the curve. Nobody could touch me. No one could tell me anything. I was full of myself. I had all the answers. I was the man. I thought I had it like that with my girl. I thought I had it like that with my friends. And then one day my girl said, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm gone. And I was like, what? You know, how dare you leave me? I'm the man. Then, you know, one friend started saying, "Ah, you know what? The party ended years ago. I'm kind of good." And then everyone kind of just went on with no malice. I don't think people was trying to just be mean. I just think people was like, "Life goes on. I can't, if you're not going to do the work with your addiction, then we have to go back to work. We have to go back and live life. We wish you well." You know, um and we sure you'll have you'll find your way. But for the addict you know that that process where people detach to us it feels like abandonment we feel abandoned we feel like no one cares we're ashamed we're angry we're broken we're tired we're sick we're frustrated and it takes a special amount of energy a special amount of how should i say it will to survive and to thrive for the addict at that point to say, you know what? I don't know if I have enough energy and I don't know if I'm gonna make it past the end of the week. But I'm gonna I'm I need to find help and I'm surrendering myself because I'm powerless. And some of us are lucky because you know it's popular belief that you must hit rock bottom in order to see the light of day, right? To see that you need help. And, you know, but there's so many of us now in 2019 that don't we never get to see rock bottom. We die well before rock bottom hits. We die in the process of rock bottom. Millions of kids a day. There's 86,000 people who die of alcohol, you know, per year, I think, in the United States from alcohol related deaths, you know, And we could compound that with drugs, and now we have to deal with fentanyl and meth and heroin and this new crisis, the opioid crisis and stuff. So now there's a whole new dimension to addiction. Now we have people dying from vapes, from vaping, you know. And then we have people committing suicide from mental health issues and depression. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here. I'm one of you. If you're listening to this, I'm one of you. The Sober is Dope podcast is 100% percent non for profit meaning that we do not I don't have a Patreon page. I don't ask anyone for any money. We don't ask for donations and stuff. And the whole purpose of this podcast was for me to tell my story and to reach the millions of kids and adults and people out there who are in the process of giving up Don't give up. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you. Um, I want to say this. This is Mental Health Series. And I'm dedicating this series to a few people that I know through family members that just committed suicide. Um, And um, this is a major issue There's kids out there ladies and gentlemen That struggles with mental health There's adults Mental health doesn't discriminate The reason why we're doing the mental health series um, On the Sober is Dope podcast Ladies and gentlemen It's just like You can't have You can't talk about addiction If you're not talking about mental health You can't talk about alcoholism if you're not talking about depression and anxiety and bipolar and and long-term depression and maladaptive and all of these disorders. You can't talk about drug addiction if you're not talking about mental health because either our addictions is going to create a mental health component in our reality and either our mental health is going to drive us to addiction. But the process and the two, I think, are are, are, are important and they should be, and they're interchangeable. So it's very important that we cover this because this is real. And I don't want anyone else to die on my watch. Not on my watch, not on your watch. So if you're listening to this, share the podcast because we're educating, we're sharing all the knowledge that we have, and we're letting people know you're not alone. So, there's something to be said, ladies and gentlemen, about a person being in a dark place and stumbling upon a message like this and realizing overnight that there's millions of other people who share their experience. They're not alone. Some of us went through the fire already And there's a safe place Alright So in the beginning of this podcast You're going to hear the Sober's Dope disclaimer And one of the disclaimers um, Is that we're not directly affiliated With Alcoholic Anonymous Or any 12-step program And that's true But Alcoholic Anonymous was part of my recovery um, And I took an all-in approach to my recovery M- Meaning what? It, that means that I went to... Uh, I spent a year in inpatient and outpatient rehab. I stayed there for a year. Um, I I dealt... I had uh, three or four counselors. I had group um, two or three times a day. I had a psychiatrist. I had a therapist. I took... Um, I had to take medication for my um, mild... Dep- it wasn't that mild depression, but it was... For serotonin My serotonin levels Were were really low I had to take medication for that I had to do a psych social I had to um, You know In addition to that I did six months of consistent AA In the beginning which was very, very, very profound for me because that's the first time I found community outside of the shelter the three-quarter house or the inpatient facility I was in, Um, just to see older people, younger people, men, women alike, all talking about alcoholism in this profound, unique way and their unique experiences. And it just gave me insight. And I know... um, you know, people in the um, AA and NA community are really against us talking about this stuff publicly. But what I'm saying this, if you're out there struggling with addiction, you know, I'm definitely pro-alcoholic anonymous and NA. It helped me. I suggest that is a good place to start. And I have an episode five alternatives to AA for people who may not want to take the 12-step talk therapy approach. Um, We also have an episode about relapse Um, um, You know, how to prevent, avoid relapse How to deal with relapse Okay, we have an episode called Before Rock Bottom So it encourages people to seek help Maybe before they hit rock bottom Because we, you know some of us don't make it to rock bottom alive okay so i have those type of episodes in the queue for you guys so there's a lot of nuggets here in the sober is dope community we have motivational tips we have life transformation goals. We have a series called Becoming Superhuman where we encourage people to be there, to live their best life, to meditate, to pray, to just totally transform and, you know, rebuild your life from the ground up. We promote exercise and life transformation on this podcast and we promote mental health and sobriety and living our best lives. So, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is about anxiety, but this could be its own little episode. But I want to just give you some tips on um, just, you know, how to deal with anxiety, how to reduce stress and feeling anxious. And this is all part of our mental health series. And also, you know, if you could manage your stress a little better, you know, understand depression a little bit more and utilize external techniques to snap yourself out of anxiety um Maybe this could be the difference between you not leaning so much on the drugs or the alcohol. And in this way, you could find a little gateway into trying to seek help and treatment. Right. Okay. Um, So I didn't have too many of these skills prior to my sobriety. I understood the concepts of meditation. I definitely understood prayer. But the alcohol was overpowering that. So it took me. To go to an extreme place To really have to lean on These things that was in my subconscious The prayer, God You know, regrouping, transforming I I believed in myself Because one, I come from a very beautiful family I have a very good upbringing I'm highly educated, at least You know, I'm educated I went to college Uh, You know, I come from a home My family worked hard It was like if you knew me, you would say, this is not you. We know you to be better. You know, you're Pop Buchanan. You graduated college. You ran your own real estate company. You had your first brownstone by 25. You do music. You write poetry. You're a martial artist. You're a rapper. You're a motivator. What the hell are you doing out here drinking like this? And the answer to that was I was depressed. I was sad. I was broken. And I'm an addict. And I didn't know I was allergic to alcohol. If I knew I was allergic to alcohol 20 years ago, I never would have took my first drink. And that's why we're here, ladies and gentlemen, because you may be out there drinking like a mad person and and don't know. and, And you may want to stop, but you just may not understand why you can't stop. And you may be feeling like something's wrong with you, and you're a fuck up. But you're not a fuck up, ladies and gentlemen. You're an addict, and you are. You may be allergic to the alcohol, and you may be allergic to the drugs. And how that allergy starts is that these drugs and alcohol robs our brain of this vital neurotransmitter hormones like dopamine. And every time you take a drink, your brain, the alcohol, or every time you take a hit, the alcohol robs your brain of its natural reserves of dopamine, right? It steals it. Every time you take a drink, your brain steals some more dopamine. And in the process of stealing this dopamine, you feel extra happy, extra alive, right? But when the alcohol wears off, your brain is looking for its natural reserves of dopamine and it's not there. And you crash and you feel lousy. You feel extremely abnormal. Why? Because you don't have any dopamine reserves. So what happens when your brain, when alcohol or drugs robs your brain and steals the dopamine and releases it prematurely for no reason you feel unhappy, depressed, crazy. You have the shakes. You feel nervous. You feel off. You don't know why, and you instinctively have—you find a way. This happens automatically because you're an addict. You find a way to replace that dopamine that the alcohol stole and the drug stole by going to get more alcohol and drugs. And this cycle continues and it becomes more chronic because at some point, ladies and gentlemen, your brain will have no more reserves of dopamine because the alcohol and drugs would have permanently... Damage that part of your brain To damage the ability It robs the dopamine so much That your brain just starts to look for the drug or the alcohol Because the brain is like I have no more dopamine So now I need more of that drug or alcohol To fill in the spot of that dopamine And that's the cycle And some people are born Where they have a natural cutoff switch, right? Non-alcoholics have the ability to wake up and say Oh, Yeah, I have a hangover, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go get another bottle. That would be crazy. I'm going to go get some coffee and deal with it like normal people and feel a little groggy and go about my day. But the addict is going to wake up and say, I feel crazy. I feel crazier maybe than a non-alcoholic because you're allergic to alcohol or you're allergic to the drugs. So you will feel more abnormal you will feel out of place you will feel like something is wrong and you will naturally try to fill that void with more drugs and alcohol and this happens over and over and over and over again until you either hit rock bottom and change or die and none of you out there deserve to die because you were born allergic to alcohol and you didn't get the memo when you was in high school. You didn't get the memo when everybody was going out for drinks, at, uh, for 5 o'clock drinks at happy hour. You didn't get the memo when everybody wanted to buy a bottle on Friday night. You never got the memo. None of us are born knowing we're alcoholics and drug addicts. We try something out of innocence and then we get hooked because it's a mental thing. It's a chemical thing. So if you're allergic to alcohol and you're an alcoholic, don't feel too bad. You should feel bad if you know this and you continue to perpetuate the disease and continue and continue and continue. And and even that, you shouldn't feel bad because you're going to have to go through the process. So forgive me on that. I take it real easy on the addict because... It's tough And unless you've been there It's easy to be on the outside looking in And say well why don't they get it together I'm too I I don't understand it It's tough when you're an addict Man you gotta have compassion Some people, you see the addiction take them all the way into being full-blown homeless, outside paying, handling, and doing all of this stuff. And I can't even imagine. um, I'm talking to my friends in Vancouver and Canada and all of these different places about the fentanyl crisis, and that's, like, 80 times more chronic and, like, addictive than, like, now these newer drugs are so much more gripping, addictive, that it's, like, crazy. So now is the time that we have to all share our stories, our messages, and our stories of hope. And we have to have more compassion and patience now more than ever. Now, look, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get a little frustrated if you're listening to this and you're in, um, you know, you have a family member. You, may, Some people listen to this to figure out ways to help their family or to understand their family or someone in their family or a friend or a spouse that may be struggling with addiction. And some days you just get tired of it and it's OK to be impatient and a little bit. You're human. But at the end of the day, exercise extreme compassion and love and empathy and apathy for those who suffer from addiction. Because it's just chemically a terrible thing. And which brings us to mental health and depression and anxiety. So just like addiction messes with our neurotransmitter hormones, dopamine. You know, depression and anxiety and mental health deals with our vital neurotransmitter hormones like dopamine, serotonin, nor epinephrine. And when these hormones are too low in our brain, we suffer from depression, anxiety, and other disassociative or mental health disorders, right? So the brain is very sensitive. It needs a lot of love, a lot of care, and a lot of understanding. And I just want to say, if you're out there struggling with mental health or addiction, I love you. I, I I I have compassion. Sometimes my tone and my attitude on this podcast may be a little preachy. It may be a little hasty. Maybe a little extra because there's a little tough love there. Like sometimes I do have to relate because I can relate to the addict and and because I suffer from mental health also, I could kind of let people know like, hey, hey. There's a lot that we can do to combat and to better ourselves. The fight starts with us. You have the scientific and the medical community and the doctors doing their part, but there's so many other things we could do to improve our mental health and improve the effects of our addiction and improve our overall lives. And things that we have control of, that's where you're going to see me be a little bit tough on you. Because I'm tough on myself. Every day I wake up and I'm learning something new. I'm, I'm spilling things. I'm knocking things over. I'm like a big kid. I'm always learning, right? So I'm one of you guys. I'm one of the good guys. I love you. And I'm here to share. So if you knew, that's my... Wrap up rant from episode one to episode 78. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. We're going to cut to a message from our sponsor, and I'm going to catch you guys on the other side. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So, thank you for your patience. That first part was intense, right? And I just wanted to really connect with anyone who... Because there's so many people that's new coming into the podcast. I just really want to give you guys a real wrap-up about me, where I come from, who I am. You know, again, my name is Pop Buchanan. I'm 40 years old. Uh, I'm a college graduate. I have an associate's degree and a a bachelor's degree in business technology. I come from a real estate investment background. I'm also a hip-hop artist um I write a lot. I'm a writer and I'm working on a lot of projects. I'm always writing either lyrics or verses or poetry or essays. Um what else? What else? What else? I love God. I'm fascinated with God. God saved me. He saved my ass. You know what I'm saying? Like I would talk about ancient aliens, the Adunaki, this, that. I thought I knew it all. And in the face of my own extinction, I was like, "God help me." Period. I don't care about what religion, what denomination. There can only be one. So I don't care what your religion is. We're all eventually going to be talking and praying to the creator of all things, and that's what I reached out to in my um, when I was faced with my own extinction. You know, when I say my own extinction, I don't have kids yet. So if I die now, then I just die off. This whole genetic sh- miracle called pop—you can't—and just would have died off. And I wouldn't have had a chance to have a family and live a life, and you know, all because of addiction. Hey, that wasn't in the cards. That wasn't part of my story. Um, But I'm a normal guy who loves God, who does the right things in life. I try to be a good person. I wasn't a bad person in my addiction. I was just really confused. I was just really just... I had a big house at a young age, you know. And I just... You know, I was able to just drink and do what I want. Because I did very well at a young age. And I had money in it. And I just was just kind of like... I don't know. I just, I guess I got too many cool things at a young age and didn't know how to handle it. And then honestly, ladies and gentlemen, when the real estate market crashed, I lost a lot of things. I couldn't make money the same way. A lot of our real estate got messed up. A lot of my partners and stuff went away. Things didn't necessarily go the right way and Um, You know People that I took care of Started bailing on me And then You know When you lose money And things And life is not Working the same way You kind of just start to fall apart and I think being so young I didn't know how to handle all of the pressure and on top of that I was drinking and you know the drinking thing slowly started to avalanche into this really unmanageable problem until I lost the house I lost the companies I lost the business I damn near lost my mind I panicked and I just was sad depressed and then I hit rock bottom Right. But my rock bottom was it was one hell of a ride and one hell of a party. I mean, there's people still telling stories of my past and the things that we did. And, you know, we was a bunch of young kids who lived heavy in Brooklyn. And there's a lot of moving parts to my story. There's a lot of characters in my story. I have so many beautiful friends and we're all doing well. One of my friends is in John Hopkins, Um, The other one of my friends, she works at a, a powerful streaming service now, and she has her own books and stuff she's working on. My other friend has this big catering company. Um, some of us went on to really do big music, and so it was like the breakfast club, it was all of us young kids and this, like, living this kind of young, pre-hipster lifestyle in Brooklyn, you know, drugs, alcohol, and all of this stuff, and just being young and whatever, and it just totally got out of control, you know, everything, it was like a movie, the house burned down, we lost the dogs, uh, you know, everyone dispersed and went their own way and we all somehow found our center, found our recovery, found our sobriety, and all went on to do great things, Uh me now, I have like multiple companies, I'm doing great again, I got my real estate stuff, business back, I'm working a good job, I have a lot, I'm doing a podcast, and um, you know, like I said, I'm thinking about going back to school to get my master's degree, and eventually my PhD, you know, my girlfriend, who's a big part of my story, she pulled her life together, all of us, so... My sober story is just not truly my own We all, everyone who lived that life with me And we lived it, we did it like rock stars Being a musician, I lived a very kind of like rock star lifestyle and we did it But I'm telling you ladies and gentlemen Towards the end, it was ugly for Pop Buchanan Because I was one of the older ones Like I was the, I think the oldest I kind of was like the leader of the pack And you know That addiction hit me, man, in those final, that final year back in 2012, 2011, that addiction really, the alcoholism really took its toll and it happened overnight. It was like insidious. It went from casual drinking, part to partying to like depressive, manic, consistent drinking to like, wait a minute, I lost everything. I'm like... Lost the house, don't know where I'm sleeping tonight I'm starving, I don't have anything, I don't have a phone It's just overnight So when I talk about alcoholism and drugs Coming with a bag and laundry bags full of empty promises, right? You know, you you, you think you won the lottery of these empty promises You know, millions of empty promises and no matter what, you think you can get it together, but you're not going to be able to thrive and transform and really maximize your potential until you give up the drugs or the alcohol. So sobriety is very important for the addict because if you're an addict, it means that you're trapped in a vicious cycle and there's no way out besides abstinence and trying to find A way to heal yourself So you can live a life Without these crutches And without these toxic substances Right Substance abuse is just that It's abuse You wind up abusing you Your person Your mind Your body And eventually your spirit And it's not worth losing your soul And it's definitely not worth losing your life So if you're listening Welcome And God bless you And just trust yourself the biggest message I could give you guys is to trust yourself. Don't give up on yourself. Okay? And, and, and dig deep down. And whatever dreams that you may have and ideas about yourself, put it on paper. Write things out. You know, it was important for me to say out loud, I no longer want to live like this. I need help god can you help me right it was very important for me to say it i thought it i felt it in my heart so it started from my heart my heart in my heart i knew i don't want to live like this i don't even know how i got to this place it was like one day i had a bunch of money and i was like the man and the next day i'm all messed up i don't know how i got it. this thing sucks i don't want this But I I couldn't really go to anyone anymore and talk about it It was like between me, myself, and I, and God Either I was going to make the decision and live Or I was going to be a coward and die And I thank God every day I had the courage to choose life I'm alive, I'm strong, I got muscles, I run, I jog I lift big things up and put them down I write, I'm prolific, I create, I have all type of things I'm doing. I'm helping people. I love people. I'm, I'm, I'm building a family. I'm building a light. It's so beautiful. Now, what would have happened if I died seven years ago and my narrative and story would have been this would have what this would at my funeral. This is what they would have said. This is one of the biggest tragedies. If you know, pop, you know he was an amazing human being Every time Pop walked in the room He lit up the whole room He always showed everyone love He was one of the smartest lights in the crowd It's such a shame That he had to die like this I, Forget alcohol Fuck alcohol Alcohol took a great one today What a shame To die in his 20s So young What a shame So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you know, well, die in my 30s because I got sober around my early 30s, 31, 32, so... But that would have been my story. And it would have, for what? For what? I plan to live now. I want to live to 130 years old. That's my date. I'm part of the Dave Asprey camp becoming superhuman. He Dave thinks he could live to be 180. I settle for 130. I want to build legacy for my my next generation and the generations to come. I want to live, I want to create, I want to contribute. Beautiful things to the universe, and alcohol and drugs would not rob me of that. And I would never well, I, I I wasn't I never I, I wasn't a drug guy, but alcohol is a drug. So when I say alcohol and drugs, but for, for most people, you know, in the sobers dope community, we have people that's doing hard drugs, we have people that are doing alcohol, we have people on pills, we have people here that have process addiction, gambling, sex addiction, addiction is addiction. But in my case, alcoholism was not going to kill me No way But I was on my deathbed, ladies and gentlemen I'm here So I say all of that to say If you're struggling, don't give up And that's my testimony And this is why we're doing this podcast Um, We've been doing so much on mental health That I had to bring it back to the sobriety for a bit And to just let you guys know You're still in the right place We're going to talk about everything thing that we can on this podcast that could benefit us as a species as a people as a group we will maximize. Years from now, we're all gonna look back as one community, the sober's dope community. We're all gonna be in this together. We're in this together. We're gonna look back and say, "Look, we all. Some of us became millionaires. Some of us went on to be politicians. Some of us went on to change the world through science." And we're all we're like super. We have superpowers, and our superpowers are so our sobriety and ability to transform our lives from our addiction and the fulfillment. A greater purpose towards humanity Every one of you addicts out there have a purpose So don't give up on yourself We need you I need you out there doing what I'm doing And doing greater Sharing your story Every last one of you guys need a podcast Go forth and share your story Alright So today we're talking about anxiety Alright And thank you for listening ladies and gentlemen So let's bring this home what is anxiety? Anxiety is intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. You, It incorporates a fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and feeling tired. Okay, and very anxious. Common causes of this symptom... Anxiety can be normal in stressful situations such as public speaking or taking a test. Anxiety is only an indicator of underlying disease when feelings become excessive or consume and interfere with daily living. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So... We all experience mental health we all experience anxiety but when it's prolonged and it starts to interfere with your life and you know that's when it becomes more of a chronic issue and that's what we're talking about today because this is the mental health series all right um you have aspects of self-treatment um, some um, forms of self-treatment for anxiety is physical activity a healthy diet regular sleep and relaxation. Um, Relaxation exercises such as meditation and yoga may also reduce anxiety. Joining a support group may also help to manage symptoms effectively. And also to manage symptoms effectively is best to avoid caffeine, alcohol, and nicotine. So I will say this, ladies and gentlemen. I got rid of the alcohol and nicotine. They're gonna be hard pressed to get me little for me to let go of my coffee. <laughs> Alright, so let's not get carried away now. But I would say have a limit on how many cups of coffee you have. I think that if you're drinking nine cups of coffee a day, anyone would experience immense anxiety. Like you'll be on a thousand for no reason and you'll have d you'll develop something called adrenal fatigue and then you'll just be lethargic, tired, and burnt out. So Put a cap on your coffee, drink quality coffee, Blase blah, blah, all right? But definitely, I'm 100% in agreement with the alcohol and nicotine. Reduce that, but in the case of the Sober's Dough podcast, eliminate it altogether. Seeking medical care. Make an appointment to see a doctor if you can't work or maintain relationships due to your anxiety. Make appointments to see a doctor if you abuse alcohol or other substances, okay, all right? Also, make an appointment to see a doctor if you feel sad and slowed down. See a doctor immediately immediately if you're thinking about suicide and if you can't work or complete activities of daily living. Like if you can't bathe or brush your teeth or cook your own food or get yourself out of bed, definitely seek medical treatment. The Sober is Dope podcast is 100% in support of doctors, medical professionals, even homeopathic professionals, naturopathy, uh, everything related, medical, non related, everything that you could do to get better, we're, 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 we're part of it. We're, we're, we're um, proponents of it. All right, health conditions related to this anxiety, anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorder, a mental health disorder, is categorized by feelings of worry, anxiety, or fear that are strong enough to interfere with life. Symptoms may include excessive worry. This is why I have a whole head of gray hair. At 32, I had a whole head of gray hair, ladies and gentlemen. I look strangely odd to people because I look very young. I look like I'm 27 but I'm 40, but I had a full, I had a half a head of gray hair by 25. It was genetic, but mainly I think because it was genetic and because I had excessive worry, I just developed a full head, full coat of gray hair. Um, and I embrace it. I don't diet unless I have to like impress. Like if I'm like, well, my girl doesn't mind, but when it started getting out of control, I used to diet sometimes. So She didn't realize I was a totally old fart, but that's neither here nor there. Let's keep going. Symptoms also may include intrusive thoughts. Now, intrusive thoughts are just very disruptive to your normal thought activity or your normal life. It's the nagging, intrusive, negative thoughts that just keep, like, bothering you, man. That's when anxiety is starting to become out of control. Also, fatigue, mental fatigue physical fatigue, adrenal fatigue, just really feeling drained, like all you really want to do is get under the covers and sleep, right, that's when you need to start addressing this, um, Generalized anxiety disorder, severe ongoing anxiety that interferes with daily activities. Symptoms may include severe anxiety, excessive worry, and emotional distress. All right? Emotional distress is another thing that's very important. Not being able to really have a healthy emotional state. You know, one minute you're crying, one minute you're sad, one minute you're angry, next minute you're pissed. Like, you see this a lot. You could just some days. I mean, I still deal with this. At some points, I think when I push myself too hard, I get cranky, but excessively cranky. And sometimes I, I, you know, I take it out on innocent people. You know, like someone may ask a question, I may snap or have a little attitude. And you know, I have to check myself. Like, don't be like that. You know, what I'm saying it's not there for You're having a bad day, and you need to really regroup, meditate. You know, take a nap, go fix yourself, don't... You know what I mean? Like, this is me working the mental health process. I have to catch myself in my anxiety sometimes. But I'm human, and sometimes we get cranky. Like I said, we all deal with mental health. But sometimes, it could get so extreme that you have no real stable emotional state, right? And that's what's something to keep an eye out for. Social anxiety disorder, a chronic mental health condition in which social interactions cause irrational anxiety, okay? Symptoms may include heart palpitations, you know, that's where you feel feeling in your chest and your heart. You might like some um, heart um, dysrhythmia um, and, you know, weird palpitations and popping of the chest. Fear and depression. OK, social anxiety can do a lot of things and create forms of paranoia. You know, you could think people are out to get you. You could walk into a place and say, why are all those people over there looking at me when they're not looking at you? Or you might feel like someone's out to get you and you might just be. You know, totally depressed and abnormally paranoid. Separation anxiety is also a form of anxiety. It's a disorder in which a child becomes excessively anxious when separated from parents. Now, this could be something that may be a precursor to our depression anxiety. You know, you have the anxious avoided kind of kid um, who... Um, that, that, that developed this kind of behavior pattern from detaching. So... In some cases when you're a kid, based on how you're emotionally constructed, if your parents leave you too long or if you're in a household where you don't have the proper type of attention, you could develop two forms of personality. One could be the anxious avoidant where you get very cranky and cry and very irritable when someone's not around. The other one could be, and then you could kind of just want to be a loner. And then the other way, it could be an attachment type of attachment personality where you really always need to be hugged and you always need to be coddled, and you need someone to always be there emotionally for you because of that separation anxiety starting from a baby. So a lot of our programming subconsciously deals with the first seven years of our life. You know, this goes into the theories of Dr. Bruce Lipp. And the, the biology of belief And then our subconscious programming Is usually from the first seven years of our life And this is our default programming For the rest of our lives but we do know now that we can reprogram that subconscious programming through things like energy medicine and positive thought reinforcements and um, meditation and th- and hypnosis and theta. Um, but that you go listen to the episode Biology of Belief to get more into that stuff. But that, this is a real issue. So obsessive-compulsive disorder, excessive thoughts, obsessions that lead to repetitive behavior, compulsive, compulsions. Symptoms may include anxiety, compulsive behavior, and ruminations. We also talk about thought ruminations or ruminations where your mind wanders. All right. The worst thing that we could allow in our depression and anxiety is an undisciplined mind. Our first step towards mental health is stop catching ourselves when our thoughts start to ruminate and when our thoughts start to ruminate and wonder we have to bring it back to a focal point this is mindfulness so because our idle mind is the devil's playground and we know that and thought ruminations are totally unhealthy um Five major types of anxiety disorders are Generalized anxiety disorder Obsessive-compulsive Panic disorder Post-traumatic stress disorder We just we did an episode about PTSD You guys can go check that Social phobias or social anxiety disorder um, I wanted to talk about this too um, Ladies and gentlemen Since I've been in recovery The more time that goes by The more I think I have a social Not a social anxiety disorder It's more like I'm really prefer not to be in crowds or I don't look forward to going out into social settings. I don't know why. I literally was the most social human being. I literally love being around people. I was the center. I was the most energetic person. I was the life of the party. So I bring this up to say that I'm okay with that. You're going to change in your recovery. You're not always going to be the same way you know part of growing up is like changing and i and my advice to you guys is embrace that don't run away from that don't try to when you get sober you get clean from drugs don't try to capture the old personality don't try to be the same person you was in your addiction don't try to edify people that way a lot of my friends i had to really sit down and say look I know you love me because I was crazy. I know you love me because I was the life of the party. I know you felt free around me because I was a free spirit. I would jump off of cars. I would climb buildings. I would talk to any girl. I would dance with three, four girls. I would go anywhere, do anything. I was free. And that's what you loved about me. But if you're my friend, you got to understand I changed. I don't do any of that no more. And I have no desire to do any of that. And some one day I woke up and I just was a different human being. And I said, this is the next stage of my life. And I'm gonna get to know the new and improve me. And I'm not gonna try to jeopardize my new identity to edify old people, old friends or old places. If you can't get with the new me, then I'm sorry, then we just can't be friends. But I'm not going to try to be something I'm not because I don't have it. I don't have the same get up and go. My get up and go now is how I'm going to build a skyscraper and write 400 books by the time I die. How I'm going to be a multimillionaire and rebuild my old neighborhood. How I'm going to help the next hundred million addicts find hope. That's my next. That's my new identity. So that's my new turn up. Right? So I embrace my new self. And I urge you, ladies and gentlemen, to embrace your new self. Okay? What causes anxiety? Anxiety disorders have a complicated network of causes, including environmental factors. Elements in the environment around an individual can increase anxiety. Stress from a personal relationship, job, school, or financial predicament can contribute greatly to anxiety disorders. Okay. Our last episode we talked about inflammation and depression. Anxiety can create stress. Stress can create inflammation in the body. Inflammation can drop your um, your hormones like dopamine, serotonin and norepinephrine and this can trigger more depressive symptoms. So I think it's all a vicious cycle and we should all keep it together, all right? Common anxiety signs and symptoms include feeling nervous, Restless or tense, having a sense of impending danger, panic, or doom. All right. Having an increased heart rate, breathing rapidly, hyperventilation, sweating, trembling, feeling weak or tired, trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry. What does it feel like to have anxiety? In some cases, the emotions become so severe they lead to panic attacks. A sort of weaponized anxiety that hits fast and hard and includes such symptoms as dizziness, rapid heart rate, depersonalization, or out-of-body experience and a fear of losing control or dying. Does anxiety worsen with age? Occasional anxiety is an expected part of life, but anxiety disorders involve more than temporary worry or fear. For a person with an anxiety disorder, the anxiety does not go away and cannot get worse and can get worse over time. The symptoms can interfere with daily activities such as job performance, schoolwork and relationships. Is anxiety a mental illness? Anxiety disorders are different though. They are a group of mental illnesses and the distress they can cause. um, The distress they cause can keep you from carrying on with your life normally. For people who have one worry and fear are constant and overwhelming and can be disabling. Reducing anxiety symptoms right now. How can I calm my anxiety fast? Ladies and gentlemen, the first step is taking a deep breath. All right. Breathing and concentrated, calm breathing can really calm down your nervous system. And this is one of the fastest way of deactivating the fight and flight mechanism. So a real quick crash course is... Millions of years ago, when our species were formed and we was in our early stages, our primitive brain or our Labrador brain, right, um, activated the fight or flight to keep us out of danger. So that, you know, saber-toothed tiger being around the corner, that dinosaur, that gigantic lizard or Komodo dragon or... That fox or whatever That wolf or whatever That other tribe Fire, anything In our developmental stages of human history We we develop a fight and flight response To danger And this will just release a lot of important chemicals into our bloodstream, adrenaline, um, norepinephrine, cortisol, all all of this will just flood your bloodstream and give you a lot of energy to run fast, lift things up that was really heavy and get out of Dodge so you can live the fight another day. Fast forward to modern day times, that primitive Labrador brain has not evolved at all. It is still extremely primitive. But now we have so many perceived dangers. Oh, I may have lost my cell phone. Oh, my job calls. Oh, my boss just emailed me again. Oh, I lost my DFS game. Oh, my girlfriend may be cheating on me. Oh, you know, whatever it is, these micro stresses. Constantly activate our fight or flight response So now We're in a constant state Of fight and flight and panic Because of life And that means that our nervous system Is on a thousand This could Devel- we could develop a form of like PTSD and severe anxiety because of this. So if we don't have a way to deactivate the fight or flight response and to snap ourselves out of it, then we're really gonna have a heightened state of cortisol in our bloodstreams all day and stress hormones and adrenaline for no reason. This is gonna age you. It creates high blood pressure, heart disease, and stress, which is all natural killers. Now, this is why so many people are dying from stress of anxieties because we are activating the fight and flight response all day, every day, and we do not have that many techniques or we don't know about the techniques of deactivating that. One of the most important things you could do is sit down and take a deep breath. So since I started this podcast, I have not taken a break. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. So do it with me, ladies and gentlemen, in through your nose, Let your belly expand out through your mouth, in through your nose, out through your mouth. Starting to feel better. By taking deep breaths and calming down, you can relax and you can deactivate the stress response. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, how can I calm my anxiety fast, reducing anxiety symptoms right now? Accept that you're anxious. Part of it is sitting down and saying, you know what, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, let me calm it down. Let's bring it down a notch. Right now, I'm on a thousand, I need to be on a one. Let's bring it down to a one, okay? Um, Realize that your brain is playing tricks on you, so sometimes you may be panicking, you may be ruminating, you may be just thinking about things or stressing things that are really not important. Sometimes the brain just goes into a primitive Labrador panic mode. You have to just calm down and just understand that this might not, you you know, this is just a fleeting moment. It'll pass. Question your thoughts. This is very important. You know, is this a logical thought that, you know, um, the... State Puff Marshmallow Man is going to pop out of this crowd at the club and stomp on me? Is it logical that that those 20 people over there all are taking the time out their day to focus on me and they're all out to get me and I never met them a day in my life? Is that logical? Is that likely? Am I being a little extra here? So, ladies and gentlemen, question your thoughts, question your anxiety. Sometimes you say, you know what, maybe it's just me, right? And you'll notice that the perceived fear will diminish when you give it no power, okay? All right, what else? Um, use a common visualization. My common visualization is when I'm riding on... When I used to ride from New York to Boston listening to... My music, and I used to listen to these like really. I had a combination. I was listening to the audio book um, from um 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 um. What was it? So it was on meditation. I was listening to my meditation audio book uh, from uh, Russell Simpson, um, and that I forgot the name of that book, but that was one of my books. And then then I would listen to. Um, Within temptation, and within temptation is a music group <clears throat> that makes all of these music scores, so it would be all of these drama action music kind of like soundtracks I would listen to, and then I would have like these virtual vision boards where I would imagine myself in the future as what I wanted to do, public speaking and like sober and this new me, and I would be riding on the greyhound, going to see my girl. And, you know, and it was my early days. So they would let us out of rehab on the weekends with special permission to visit family. And I used to travel to Boston. I used to daydream. And that is my calming visualization. I take myself back to freedom and traveling and working on myself and being at a comfortable place of hope. And that's mine So figure out what yours can be Um, Being an observer without judgment Sometimes we have to Be able to observe our environment With an open mind And in a non-judgmental Compassionate way all right, for me, I, I have to permanently always remember to be a non judgmental observer because I understand that humanity has flaws. We have our short, our, our, our low points and our weaknesses. And no matter what, We all have room to grow and we shouldn't judge one another. Um, Focus on the now, right? Right now, what time it is now. This is mindfulness. Be mindful. Check out our episode on depression and mindfulness. This will help you combat depression. How do I stop worrying? Nine scientifically backed ways to stop worrying. Set aside a designated worry time. All right. So... If you start to worry, say, you know what? I have 30 minutes a day where I sit down, I write down everything that I'm worrying about and this is my worry time. So I don't let my mind wander about worrying because it's not my worry time. This is new. I never thought about this. I might do this. I might have a day where, a, a, a point in a day where I say, okay, this is my 15 minutes of the day to worry. And I'll write out, what am I worry, worrying about? And then I become the observer and then I ask myself the question, are these things fears and worries worth my anxiety? And 90% of the time it's going to be like, no. So nothing is worth raising cortisol and stress hormones in your body that could result into a heart attack or like some really depressive meltdown. Nothing is worth that. Your health is more important than that bill, that bill collector, what that person is going to think or what your boss is going to think. Don't have, don't let let's not put ourselves at terminal risk because of stress all right um, kick your online addiction so all right nine scientific ways to stop worrying the online addiction thing I think as in relationship to stress anxiety and worry comes from a concept of comparison looking at other people's um, you know, life real or they like highlight reel of their lives with all of the highlights of their life. All right. Because no one is online posting their bad hair days and their shortcomings and all of the negative stuff. Everyone is just online putting their brand ambassadors forward. The worst thing you could do is live a life of comparison. Don't compare yourself to what someone else is doing. All right. It's not how you end a race. It's just, it's just win and is on your own terms, okay? Be comfortable where you're at in your life. Focus on yourself and pray and be happy for people who are successful. Use their success and their light as a launch pad for your future success, all right? Trust me, it will go a long way because when you look at other people's lives and you start to judge yourself, that's the worst case of disaster. Don't do it. Cut yourself some slack That's my biggest thing I should have that as our Sober's Dope catch line But our Sober's Dope catch line Is, is never too late to be amazing But I will add on to that Sober's Dope Cut yourself some slack Alright Cut yourself some slack you put putting too much pressure on yourself It's just going to lead to more addiction More stress and more anxiety It's time for all of us to cut ourselves some slack Alright Keep your hands busy We know we all know that um, You know, busy tames the beast That's one of the things that I used to hear a lot In early days of my recovery Busy tames the beast, busy tames the beast And make time for meditation Ladies and gentlemen, I don't meditate every day But I do meditate when my anxiety And life gets on and becomes too unmanageable when I need a whole factory reset On my divinity, my identity My emotions and my humanity I go into deep meditation And I do not come out until I'm a new person And then I practice that with follow up maintenance So I'm a big proponent for meditation um, My younger brother is a meditation expert He's online as Shalom Melchizedek um, And um, if you're on Instagram or anything Type in um, Shalom Melchizedek And you can find him And he could really teach you guys a lot about meditation. All right, and also download the book from Light Watkins entitled Bliss More. Bliss More is an excellent book that gives you the basics of meditation and a very powerful, digestible way where you don't have to be oming and you know crossing your legs and you know doing all of this fancy stuff. Meditation is designed to be very practical, very um, user friendly, and is designed to be done anywhere, anytime, okay? Um, ex- Alright, ladies and gentlemen, look, I think we covered a lot just now, and I want to end there. I think that's a lot for us to take in, but I just want to, before I end, I always like to leave on a medical professional note, and I have a message here from the adaa.org, okay? And um, That's the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And there's an article written by Dr. Alice Rizzi. And I'll put this article in the show notes. And this article goes over a few coping strategies. And it's important sometimes for me to talk about strategies from a medical professional perspective. Because, you know, there's a lot of stuff online. You know, you have like different ideas and thoughts, but I like to sometimes bring the medical, the solid medical doctor to the table. So according to Dr. Alice Rizzi, all right, coping strategies, um, she, she actually she says, try these when you're feeling anxious and stressed. Take a time out, Practice yoga, listen to music, meditate, get a massage, or learn relaxation techniques. Stepping back from the problems helps clear your head. Eat well-balanced meals. Do not skip any meals. Don't do keep helpful energy-boosting snacks on hand. All right. Um, limit alcohol and caffeine, which can aggravate anxiety and trigger panic attacks. Get enough sleep. When stressed, your body needs additional sleep and rest. So if you know you're going through a stressful time or you're in a period of anxiety, sleep a little bit longer. Trust me, your body's going to thank you for it. Exercise daily to help you feel good and maintain your health. Check out the fitness tips below. Take deep breaths. Inhale, exhale slowly. We spoke about that. Count to 10 slowly. Repeat and count to 20 if necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, go check out our episode, the 90 second rule. The 90 second rule totally is designed scientifically to break you out of the fight or flight response and the stress response, okay? So in addition to counting the 10 slowly, if you're really having a bad day and you're really having some PTSD and you're dealing with some heavy anxiety, close your eyes, relax, take a moment and close your eyes and count backwards from 90, Count backwards from 90. If you mess up, start over again. And this will help you really deactivate the fight or flight response. There's something magical and scientific that happens with the brain when you start counting down. Somehow a countdown helps to calm and deactivate the stress response in the mind and in the brain. Um, So go check out that episode. But according to Dr. Rizzi, just count to 10, slowly repeat, and count to 20 if necessary. Do your best instead of aiming for perfection, which isn't possible. Be proud of however close you get. All right. Um, Accept that you cannot control everything. Put your stress in perspective. It is really um, is it really as bad as you think? Welcome humor A good laugh Go a long way What I do is I go. I have my go-to comedians That are so retarded And stupid now, Not retarded You know what I mean That's a Brooklyn term We use for someone Who's really funny But it's not It's definitely not appropriate For the mental health community So forgive me Sometimes Slang could be taken The wrong way But I mean If you're just Dead crazy and stupid like my favorite comedian is earthquake um i love listening to um larry david i mean i could binge watch Kirby enthusiasm and that tends to snap me out of any sadness stress or anxiety it just helps me relax because these guys are totally crazy with their comedy so i will i definitely doubt for that forgive me for using the, the term retarded in terms of you know Um, That's bad slang And I shouldn't use it In that way Uh, Maintain a positive attitude Make an effort To replace negative thoughts With positive ones Get involved Volunteer Or find another way To be active In your community Which creates A support network And gives you a break From everyday stress Learn what triggers Your anxiety Is it work Family School Or something else You can identify Write in a journal When you're feeling Stressed or anxious And look for a pattern Talk to someone Tell friends and family Family, you're feeling overwhelmed and let them know how they can help you talk to a physician or therapist for professional help. Alright? Some quick fitness tips. 5 by 30. Jog, walk, bike, or dance 3 or 5 times a week for 30 minutes. Set small daily goals and aim for them daily. Consistency rather than perfect workouts. It's better to walk every day for 15 to 20 minutes than to wait until the weekend for a 3 hour fitness frequency. Also, long term excessive workouts creates what they call adrenal fatigue and it stresses your body and it causes more damage than, um, than health benefits So short exercises Keep your exercises short and sweet And practice consistency And it's always quantity, um, um, quality over quantity Alright Find forms of exercise um, That you enjoy Figure out what works for you And do it um, Distract yourself with an iPod Or portable media device To download audiobooks, podcasts, or music Many people find it more fun to exercise While listening to something they enjoy be patient when you start a new exercise program. Most sedentary people um, require about four to eight weeks to feel co- coordinated and sufficiently in shape so that exo- in shape so that exercise feels easier. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I hope you found this long episode very meaningful. You know, I'm still trying to find my voice here. Every time I start an episode, I'm nervous. Sometimes I'm like messing up. Sometimes I'm like all over the place. You guys have been patient with me through the thick and thin, you my ups and downs, and you take what you can from it and you keep going. I love you all so much for giving me the time, listening to what I have to say, because, like I said, seven years ago, I was gonna—I was a, on my deathbed. I, um, and I guess life had other plans for me. And if I'm here today to be able to share my story, and if you can find any value in this information, and I think I did a good job. And I do this with pure intent to maintain my sobriety. And I never wanted to talk about my sobriety until I had at least some healthy time under my belt. And approaching seven years. This was the year that I felt it befitting to share my story with you guys. And in the spiritual world, 7 is a number that signifies completion. And the fact that I just turned 40 and it's on my 7th year of sobriety, I think numbers don't lie like Jay-Z said and I think I'm in my alignment and I'm at a and I'm this is the point in my life where I think I sh- I'm i at the right stage to share my wisdom my experience my life the good bad and the ugly with you and I hope you find value I'm humble I'm a servant last but not least service goes a long way in our addiction and our recovery So volunteer, this is a form of volunteering for me. I'm volunteering my time and energy to give back and I get a lot more in return. Just the fact this is cathartic for me and the fact that you guys reach out to me online, it means the world to me. You can reach Pop Buchanan at Pop Buchanan on Instagram at Monk Healing, M-O-N-K-H-E-A-L-I-N-G on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and at Sober is dope on Instagram and Twitter You can also email me at MonkHealing at gmail.com You can find a little bit of my story On popucannon.net And feel free to visit our Sober is dope shop At SoberisDope.net Go grab yourself some souvenirs And um, all the proceeds Go right back into putting together this podcast um, I love you guys Please leave me a positive view um, review On iTunes if you have a negative review, email me. Something constructive. Just try just try to leave a positive review if you find value. If you don't, don't leave a review. The more reviews that's positive, the more this podcast to get in front of some young kid who may be able to utilize it or someone out there at a different stage in their life or their addiction that may need the help. So this is all a uh, an initiative to spread awareness on the benefits of mental health and sobriety so by leaving a positive message you're doing your part in spreading the awareness that sobriety is the way to go i love you guys thank you so much i hope you enjoy this um go forth i'll catch you on the other side life is short it's too short to live depressed it's too short to live anxious and it's too short to struggle every day with thinking about taking your life want to challenge you tonight to get up that you're not quitting tonight that one day it is appointed on to all men to die but that is god's responsibility not mine and so i don't know who i'm preaching to tonight but i want to say to you get up your future is brighter than your past i want to say to you in the balcony get up you're allowed is greater than your former. I want to say to every person in this room, get up, because the best is still yet to come. I got a God who works miracles. Come on and worship Him in this